my gosh. <laughs> you may be seated. Oh my gosh, that was a great surprise. Thank you so much. I missed her so much. But it brings comfort to my heart knowing that she's doing the work of the Lord. Amen. Well, today, <clears throat> I just want to give thanks from the bottom of my heart to my pastors, for Pastor Stevan and Sister Chela, for choosing me to speak here with you today. Um, I count it an honor, but I also feel like so unworthy to be standing here, like on Mother's Day, being able to share, you know, what God has put in my heart. And I also want to thank my husband, who I love dearly. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be a mama. <laughs> and, but I also want to give honor to my mother, who has gone home to be with the Lord. You know, I used to, you know, I, I thank her so much. She was a great example of a wife, a mother, and a nana. And, um, you know, I, I, if I could just be half of the woman she was, I would be happy, you know, but we're not perfect. I'm not standing up here like I'm perfect. I'll turn Medea real quick on my children, and they know it. <laughs> I'm not perfect, you know, and, um, but, uh, you know, my mama, I always tell her, you know, always my sisters, and then we always say, you know, my mama was a Proverbs 31 woman, you know, and she was a great role model, and, you know, like I said, if, you know, we, um, you know, we try our hardest, right, moms? And you know, I stand here humble um, and thankful to the Lord for my children, you know, for everything that um, we've gone through as a family, you know, um, from them even growing up in the church, from being PKs, and even just the transition coming back. My children are stronger today than they were then. And I thank God for them. I thank God that because um, they could have easily said, I'm done. They're old enough. They could have made their own decisions and said, I'm done. You know, I did this already. But they didn't. They love our ministry. They love our pastors. And, you know, they didn't, they could have turned bitter. But I thank God that they didn't. You know, and as you've seen my daughter there, her and her husband are there in Sydney, Australia, um, you know, they've been, they're going to make a year in, in August. And, um, you know, they're over there doing the work of the Lord. And I'm just so proud of them. And, Christina, if you're looking, I love you. If you're watching this, I love you so much. And I'm counting the days for you to come home in August. <laughs> Amen. But I know, you know, I'm proud of you because I know that you and Momo are doing an awesome job over there. And, you know, I'm always looking. So I just want you to know I love you. Um. But let's just go ahead and pray, amen? Heavenly Father, I just come before you, Lord, and I stand here so grateful and thankful, my God. And Lord, I just ask that you just set me aside, Lord, and that you would speak through me, my God, to these moms, my God, if I can bring some type of encouragement to those that are maybe feeling discouraged, Lord. I just thank you and I just praise you. Have your way, Lord. Let your will be done in Jesus' name. And all God's children said man and so you know we how many super moms are in the house amen we all are super moms come on ladies that's your time come on moms right you know like pastor shared that that video we have a 
365, 24-7 job as moms. And um, it's not easy being a mom. We're not perfect. There's no manual that comes with motherhood. This is the manual here that we have to refer back to because there's no manual that comes to motherhood. We, we learn by watching. We look to see who's being a good mom, and we go and ask. I used to come and ask Sister Josie, I'm so grateful for you because you did. You showed me a lot. I used to come to you because, you know, uh, when we first came to the church, I had three kids. She has three kids. She has two girls. I had two girls. She had one. And so I would go and like, well, how do you do this? Like, how did you, how do you, how do you, you know, how do you raise your kids? You know, it was hard. So I would go to her a lot and ask her. And, and that's what you need to do. It's like, you know, this is our manual. But you always, you go to people that you know how their, their kids are. Amen? And so um, my opening scripture is um, Ephesians 5, uh, 1. And it's a simple but powerful. It says, be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly beloved children, be imitators of God. And, and how can we be imitators? By the way, God, God, by God's unconditional love he has given us. He's got such an unconditional love for us that he's given us as mothers the unconditional love to love our children. And you, but again, you got to remember, mothers, that our kids are watching us. And whatever we're doing, they're going to imitate after us. And I have a little story I want to share with you. And it reads like this. It says, um, and it was by um, James Dobson. And he's the founder of Focus in the Family. And he tells a story that there was a mother that was sick in bed. And she had the flu. And the little daughter um, wanted to be a good nurse to her. So she brought her mom a pillow, she brought her mom a magazine, and then she went to go um, make her mom some tea. So she went and she got, you know, a cup, she got some uh, tea leaves, and she got some hot water, and she, you know, boiled the water, and it was time to, um, to strain, to strain the, the, the tea, right? So she couldn't find the strainer. So she grabbed the flies water to strain the tea. So when she came back and the, she goes, here, mom, I got you some tea. The mom's all, I didn't know you know how to make tea. She said, yeah. She goes, but I couldn't find the strainer. So I grabbed the flies water. And the mom said, what? I grabbed the flies water, but I didn't grab the new one. I grabbed the old one. <laughs> right? And so I know that, you know, us as moms, we can come up here and we can share so many different stories, right, of the different things that our kids have done, you know, um, whether it's, you know, gross. You know, I remember Selena used to pick up, she was not afraid of snails. She would pick up snails and, look, mom, I'm like, get out of here, you know. We all have some different stories that we can share. And I have one, and my husband has shared it, but I just, it's just the thought that, what took place. I remember, you know, um, he, he said it not too long ago about the time where um, he had got blessed with a really, really good, nice desk. And he didn't emphasize it, but this desk was really nice. It was solid oak. It was, he was so proud of his desk that I got blessed with this desk. I'm going to bring it in and I'm going to put it in the, in the house, in my room, and we're going to make room for it in our, in the, our office. 
And the week before that, he was in the garage doing something with the saw. I don't, can't remember. I don't know if he was sawing wood for the fireplace or what. But he left the saw out. And so not knowing that the kids, Selena and Christina, were watching him saw wood. So they were thinking like, okay, so what did they do? They went in, when they were, Selena was six and Christina was four, they went in the garage and they literally got his saw and started sawing his desk. And he didn't know it until it was almost time to bring, I think it was time to bring it in. And he went and, and the saw was on top of the desk and he went and he, all of this was all sawed. And he you should have seen him come back. He saw my desk. It saw, the kid saw it. I said, you know, we thought it was funny, but and then we're like, oh, can you imagine they would be little stubs? They could have cut their fingers, saw their fingers off. And, you know, we started thinking of all this stuff that, you know, my gosh, what could have took place? But you got to remember, parents, that your kids are watching you no matter what you're doing. They're watching you. They're going to imitate whatever you do. So you got to be careful. We got to be clear, careful. You know, <clears throat> and like I said, you know, motherhood, you know, can be messy and, and, and frustrating at times and exhausting. Right, moms? Very exhausting. You know, we can raise our children. You know, we can have two, three children and raise them all the same, but they all come out different. They could. Some can come out the same, very seldom. You know, you'll get one that's quiet, one that's loud. You'll get one that's needy, one that's independent. You'll get a crybaby, and you'll get a mallow one. You'll have one that's in church, maybe one that's out of church, right? But, you know, and you can raise them the same, but they, you know, they all grow up different. You know, and I know, like I said, I know being a mom, it's not easy. And today, I just want to take this time to, you know, to say thank you to the moms. You know, thank you, because it's an, it's an everyday job. It's an every, it's a non stop job and at the same time like pastor Josie was saying at the same time I know that there's some mothers here that I'm some of you that Mother's Day could it could be a very difficult day for you you know maybe your mothers are not here maybe they're in heaven like mine's you know and you miss them or maybe you didn't have that really good relationship with your mother and or maybe your desire is to be a mother and that hasn't taken place yet. Yet. Don't get discouraged. It, your time's coming. Your time's coming. It's just in God's timing, not ours. Why? Because he's going to want the glory. Amen? So just know that it's going to be in God's timing. And I need to assure you that God understands and he cares deeply about you. And my prayer today is that God himself will minister to you the way you need it. But again, I'm glad that you're here today on Mother's Day celebrating. Amen? So, you know, when, when Pastor and Sister Chella asked me to speak, you know, I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, what do you want me to speak on? You know, I know they put super mom, but, you know, it's, um, I fell short. We all fall short as being a parent. But I want to be able to share my experiences as a mom, being a mom to my children, and how good God is at the same time, and that how he's going to see you through whatever situation, because 
like Selena said, my kids went astray. You know, every, you know, we're not a perfect family. Please, by all means, don't look at us like we're a perfect family. We're far from perfect. No one's perfect. But we try, and this is what we, like I said, this is our manual. When we're, we don't know what to do, we don't understand, we, don't, we can't understand why things are going the way it does, this will explain to you, and this will um, help you and guide you and direct you. Amen? And um, I'm going to share an experiment that was taken, that took place. And there was an experiment conducted, invo um, conducted involving Joshua Bell. And he was a world-renowned um, violinist. And the experiment, the experiment went like this. On January 12th, it was just a normal Friday for Joshua Bell. He, it was just a normal day for Joshua Bell. And... He actually, so he was a, he was a very, um, like I said, he was a, a very popular violinist. And so what he did is on January 12th, it was, he went into the Washington, D.C. metro station in the subway station. And he was dressed in jeans. He was, um, had a long sleeve shirt on. Um, and again, it was, and he just put on a baseball cap. And he positioned himself near a trash can. And he opened up his violin case, and he dropped, I think it was $32, it says, in his case. And he began to, to um, play, you know, the violinist. And again, back in, in, mind you, he was very popular, very, like I said, very um, famous in what he did. And, he, like, um, and so... He played for like the next 45 minutes, and people would just walk by him and walk by him. Didn't know who he was, again, the way he was dressed in the baseball cap. And they didn't notice him. And he even had a rare um, uh, Stradivarius uh, violin that he, it was worth over $3 million. And no one even noticed it. No one, you know, they passed by him. They didn't even notice it. And, now, and, re, and understand this, that... In January 9th, three days before, he had just um, sold out at the Boston Symphony, uh, Symphony Hall. And his seats, the ordinary seats were going for $100, mind you. And no one even recognized that it was him. And like I said, he played for about 45 minutes. And at the end of, his, at the, end of the day, I think he only collected like $32. And the purpose of this experiment that was taking place, it was actually arranged by the Washington Post. And they described it as an experiment in context, perception, and priorities in a, in a battle setting at an inconvenient time. And the result was most people just walked by and didn't even notice him. And sometimes... That's like motherhood. Because so much motherhood takes place in a battle setting. So much takes place, such as everyday life stuff. So many times we walk right by it. We don't even realize that we have been in the presence of greatness. We miss it. By the time you know it, our kids are all grown up. You can't take back time. You can't take back memories. 
and you can't take back the special functions that take place in our kids' lives, like such kids' performances. When my kids were smaller and I would pick them up from school, I always made it a, a time, a, a, uh, I always made it a point to ask them, what was your highlight of the day? And they would share, give them each a time to say it. And I would always tell them, what was your low light of the day? And they would share. And not only did I do that because I, want, I did want to know how their day went, but I also wanted to let them know that it was important to me how their day went. And they looked forward to it. And those were the times where you could see if things were going good in school and things weren't going good in school. But I always made it a point to ask that, what was their low light? And as busy as our schedules were from, t you know, and I'm talking from doing ministry to full-time jobs to sports, we always made it a point to sit down and have family dinner. We always made it a point. It may not be every day, but I would say about a good three times a week, we would, we would make it a point to have dinner. And that was just one of the examples that I learned from my mother. My mother always would cook a big meal, and we would all sit down as a family. And I think it's so important to do that. That's just one of the things that I am very strong about doing is having family time and sitting down and having dinner as a family. And I know what, you know, I know you got, I know we all know we get busy, right? Work, ministry, you know, but try it. Even if it's one time a week, you know, two times. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to do that lately because I was so wanting this pub table, okay? And the pub table only has four chairs. And we can't do it no more. So my husband's like, make up your mind. Because I'm like, I don't want this table no more. Please get rid of it. You know, because I want that family time. We used to have this little round table. And I kid you not, you can ask my kids. We had this little round table. And we could fit probably about eight when it's only like a four-seater. We'd squeeze in and sit there and eat dinner. You know, but I, I wanted a new table. And now I don't want it. So somebody can have it. No, I don't want you to have it because I want you to have family time. <laughs> But we used to also have family night. And I remember, you know, this is when we first started the church. And, you know, we would have Mondays off. Like our pastors, our pastors should have Mondays off. We would have Mondays off too. And so, you know, what we would do is we'd make Monday nights our family night. So we would get, you know, our kids together. And they were little, mind you, when we first came to church. So I would challenge them at a young age to give devotions. So I would be like, okay, so you know, next Monday, it's your turn, and, you know, Christina was literally, like, four years old, and she was literally giving us a devotion. I still have it. She would sit there and give us a devotion, and then we'd play a board game, but that was, like, our time because we were so busy with ministry that I had to make it a point to tell our kids, like, you know what? You're important, too. I'm going to give you our undivided attention, you know, because when, when it's time for us to do ministry, they're okay with it because I've already gave them my time, not that I don't give it because our job's never done, right, moms? But we try to make it a point to let them know that they, we value them also. We value our ministry, we value our calling, but we also value our children. And so we would have game night. I think Manny's the one that we used to always get away with not doing the devotions. <laughs> 
And, you know, and I also think, you know, not only that, but I would take my kids on dates, you know, and, and it would be like one at a time only, you know, because it was to make them feel good too, you know? So I would be like, let's go on a date. And I still do it with Mondo. You ready to go on a date? Yes, I'm ready to go on a date. And I take them on a date because I think it's so important to do that, to, to take our kids on dates, right? Because look at, you know, all of a sudden they're going to grow up. And, and so today I'm sharing all this because I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to miss it. I want you to see the greatness of motherhood and family and build those memories and, and build those, you know, morals in our family. And like I said in Ephesians 5.1, it says, be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children, be imitators of God. And I believe one of the first um, things we as mothers that God gives us to be imitators is the unconditional love as a mother for our children. The unconditional love. Our love begins when, for our children when they, they're in our womb. We begin to have a love like no other. And then it becomes love at first sight, right, moms? When you see your baby, okay, even if it has a cone head, okay? It's love at first sight, right? Even if it's little hairy old man, you know, little wrinkle, they look like a wrinkle little old man. You just think they're the most adorable thing, right? They're so cute, right, moms? You think they're so adorable, you know? Or, you know, you have a cute little hairy girl that looks like a monkey. <laughs> Don't look at me like that, right? Okay, it's only my children that look like that. <laughs> but go back and look at your baby pictures. <laughs> go back and look at those pictures. As mothers, we have this wonderful way of loving our children. God has given us the unconditional love, the most loving way to love our children. And for no other reason except they're our children that he's blessed us with. Our children are a gift from God. Our children are a blessing. You know, God gave us these children. He chose us to be the mother. Sometimes our children don't like us, wish they had another mother when they're mad at us, right, Pastor Stevon? <laughs> right, you know? But we're your mothers. God chose us to be your mothers. When we go to school events, what do we see? Mothers with their cameras and their phones and, you know, right? When, the, when there's a performance or whatever's taking place, we're so proud of our kid. And when they're performing, I don't care if they're just standing there, right? We're just so excited, videoing and taking pictures and, you know. And then, you know, when it's somebody else's performance, you're like, okay, I'm ready to go. Are we ready? You know, when you, when you see the little violinist or, you know, you start, you're like, I want, it's time for me to leave. But they're just as proud as you are of your child standing there. You know, whether our, ta our kids are talented or not, you know, we're so proud to be there, right? That's the love of a mother. But what about when things aren't going so good for our children? What about when things are not, when they're struggling? That's when they need to feel our love the most, is when they're struggling. Some of you have little ones um, that are in school that could be getting bullied that could be getting criticized, 
whatever it is. And if that's not one of the things that used to grip my heart is when, you know, one of my kids would come home and say they were being bullied or they got hit or where's that kid, you know? You want to go look for that kid or where's the mom? Call the mom over here, you know? I'm just kidding. But I never taught my kids. <laughs> All right. No, I'm just teasing. Maybe once. <laughs> but, you know, um, I never taught my kids to fight, but I did teach them to defend themselves. You need to defend yourself, you know. And, 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 and Manny could, you know, I'll tell them, like, I'll interrogate my kids. Was it your fault? Did you start it? You know, because I'm going to teach my kids, like, that's not how you do it either. You know, I'm not like one of the moms, like, oh, really? And taking their side. Like, let me find out first. If you're telling the truth and if you're saying that that kid bullied you, then, you know, but I'm not one to say, like, really? And he was the bully? You know, I would ask him, Manny, you tell me the truth. What happened? You know, okay, you, you didn't start. No. And I would ask and ask because I wanted to, if he needed to be disciplined, you best believe he was going to get disciplined. But if he was being real, then okay, I understand that. And then I went from there. But I didn't have to worry with that with Selena. Selena would knock you out. <laughs> you know, I have to share this story that as a, a, the unconditional love of a sibling, right? So her and Manny went to high school together. And one time, there was these old Daniels that were surrounding Manny. They were ready to jump him. And so all of a sudden, you know, Selena's walking up. She has her backpack, and she's walking up, and she sees that they're surrounding Manny. What does she do? She drops her backpack down, and she's ready, like, okay, I'm here to back up my brother. You know, and, I, and I'm not saying that proudly because I didn't find this out how years later they, they confessed what they did, you know. But that's the love, too, of a sibling, you know. And, and, but I've always taught my kids, you protect each other. Manny, you protect your sisters. You take care of your sisters. You know, you don't, you don't um, you know, you protect them. You guard them. But not in that way. I didn't teach them to fight. I really didn't. I really didn't. I just said defend yourself. But even those of us that have adult children and they may have been struggling with life issues, maybe they walked away from the Lord. You still show them love. You still show them the love of God. Don't stop praying for them. Don't stop praying for them. And do we compromise with sin? No, but we continue to pray for them. We continue to pray for them. And we still love them through it. And I remember, you know, like I said, my kids walked away from the Lord. You know, yeah, they grew up in church, but they walked away at one point in their life. They walked away. And I remember Manny would, you know, be ready to go out. And he would be like, okay, I'm going to go out. I'm like, you know, there goes praying mom, right? And we're like, okay. So when he's ready to go, I would go to the door. And he can tell you, I would go to the door, and he would have his stack of CDs in his hand, ready to go, you know, go have fun. And I would stand there, and I would go like this, and I would pray. And I would pray, and I would look at him, and i say, and I pray that these CDs right here in your hand, that they're not going to play when you put them in your car. You know, I prayed against his outing, but I also prayed for his protection because I knew he was going out there. But I also prayed that he wouldn't have fun. So what happens? I did. And what happens? God heard my prayers. The next day, man, mom, 
you know? None of them CDs played, you know? I was home early, you know? And I was like, thank you, Jesus. It's only by the grace of God. So don't stop praying for your kids, parents. Don't stop praying. God hears our prayers. He hears our prayers, you know? And again, you know, there was a time where, you know, Selena, you know, had moved out. And it wasn't in a good situation. And I'm sharing this. I'm being transparent because I want you to know, you know, we're not perfect, but we serve a big God, you know. And Selena moved out, and it wasn't in a good situation. And um, I had to, you know, it was like a knife that went through my heart. Oh, my God, as a mom, you know, I pray you never have to experience it because I, it was, I cannot tell you the pain, the grief that I felt as a mom because I felt like, man, I have no control of this. And I remember, you know, um, when she walked out those doors. And it was hard. It was a very, very hard situation. But was I going to compromise with her sin? No, I wasn't going to compromise with her sin. But what I had to do is I had to love her through it. And I had to get on my knees and pray her back home. And that's what you have to do, moms. You pray your child. If your child walked away from the Lord, if your child walked away from um, your home, you pray that child back in. And we serve a faithful God. In Proverbs 22, 6, what does it say? Train up a child in the ways he shall go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I strongly believe that because my kids, they walk back in. So don't, don't if, you're, if you have one, uh, a child or a sibling, whatever it is, keep praying. They're going to be back. They're going to be, the enemy's going to tell you different. Enemy's going to fill your mind, and the enemy's going to tell you that your child ain't coming back, or your child is, you know what? You, re, you rebuke that thought, and you keep praying for your child, and you let the enemy know you can't have my child. You let them know you can't have my child. So stop and think, you know, your children are watching you, young and old. My kids watch me, young and old. They're watching the good and they're watching the bad. Because like I said, we're not perfect moms. And I'm asking you here, what influence are you making? Are you setting an example of a godly mother? Sometimes we feel like our backs are against the wall as moms, right? Sometimes we do. You know, we feel like, oh man, you know. We need, you know, it, it gets tiring. It, it hurts. We hurt. We get tired. But don't stop. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying for your child. You know, how do you respond to circumstances? When circumstances come, how do you respond? You know, um, back in November and December was one of my hardest times. Where, as, and, and I was so proud, as you know, my son Armando shared, you know, and, but November, December of last year was one of our hardest times when we both got sick. And I knew, you know, my kids were watching, you know. Um, I was sick with my stomach. My husband got sick first, and then I did. And, but I knew it was a spiritual thing. Because what's the odds of, of, of both of us suffering from the same stomach issue? 
He got hospitalized for a week, you know, was off work for over a month, you know. And then a few weeks later, I get sucker punched by the enemy. He attacks Mondo. He went to um, the winter retreat, and he got injured. You know, as he shared, he was running. He fell on the rock. It cut his intestines in half. Didn't know it at the time, but it cut his intestines in half. And from the winter retreat, they had to rush him to, um, to a hospital by ambulance. And then they, his issue, this is when I was like, oh, man, this is really, really serious now. When they said, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to put you and your son in another ambulance and take you to the trauma unit. And so that's when I knew, okay, I got to put my faith into action now. Like, this is some serious stuff. And, you know, my, my family was watching. You know, my kids were watching, like, oh, mom, how's mom going to handle this? You know, what is she going to do? My sisters were concerned about me because they knew my husband was still home, sick. Like, I'm talking sick. Pastor knew. He's seen him. He was sick. And so I was like, you know, and I knew that I, I had to put my faith to action. I knew that I had to, you know, call upon the Lord for strength and for peace. And he gave me that. You know, and he, if you would have seen Mondo, because I didn't know what was going to happen. I really didn't. And when they told me your son can, could have passed away, that's, that's like, no, you know, that's like a, that's a, that was a heavy blow. Like, man, he's, that's that serious. But I had to call upon the Lord. I had to believe I, this is, you know, I had to lean on this, my manual. And I had to know that, you know, God had to give me the strength. And he gave Mondo the strength. Mondo was so mellow. Mondo was like, man, he just blew me away. He made it easy for me. But I also was assuring him that God's going to see us through this. You know, he was so concerned that Christmas was a week, you know, a few days, and we were still in the hospital. But I was like, no, you know, God's going to see, see, see us through this. And, you know, every night we would, at the hospital, we would pray. And then we would put worship music on, and that's how we would fall asleep with worship music throughout the whole night it was playing, you know, because we knew that God was with us, because I did. I honestly felt at peace. Everybody's like, are you okay? My sister's like, why didn't you call us when Mondo had his surgery? And I go, I'm okay, because I was. I felt, I knew I had a praying church. I knew you guys were all praying for us, because that's the first thing I did. I called our pastors, like, you need to pray. Like, this is what's taking place, you know? And so, but, you know, I know that my family, maybe even my kids were probably waiting to see, how is mom going to respond to this? Is she going to get bitter? Is she going to get mad? Is she going to start, who's she going to blame? Who's she going to blame for this incident? Because, again, this happened at a church retreat, you know? And, but I knew that I knew that I knew it was a spiritual warfare. That was, and so I knew that, you know what, I, I had to get mad at the enemy. I didn't, I, didn't want, I didn't need to get mad at the church. I didn't need to get mad at, you know, the leaders. I had to get mad at the enemy because I knew it was a spiritual warfare thing that was taking place. And I knew that God would see us through this. I knew he would see us through this. And in Romans 8.31, it reads here, who then is the one who condemns? No one, 
Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and also interceding for us. And I knew God was interceding for us too. And I want you to know that in, you know, the book of Romans is more than just a theological explanation of God's redeeming grace, but it's also a letter of comfort and confidence addressed to you. And I knew, you know, as mothers, we endure so much. We endure, endure so much. And, but I'm here to tell you that, you know, if God's not going to give us mothers anything that we can handle, you know, he gave us, we're moms, you're a mom, he's going to help you, he's going to see you through it, he's going to help you, like I said, and along with this reading this manual, this is our manual, amen, so um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to quickly give you, you know, um, seven ways to love your mother, seven ways, seven ways to love your mother, love her verbally, especially you men, you know, sometimes it's hard for sons to love your moms verbally. Love your mom. Love her verbally. Love her physically. Love her patiently. Love her attentively. Love her gratefully. Love her generously. And love her honorably. We need to honor our moms today. We need to honor, in Exodus 20, 12, it says, Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You need to let her know how much you appreciate her. You know, don't wait. Like how I wish, you know, there's some of us that don't have our moms and how we wish we did so we can let our moms know how much we appreciate her, how much we love her. You know, thank her for everything that she's done because when you become a mom, we put everything aside, right? We do without so our kids can have. You know, before I was, I had kids, they used to call me a mountain mark, uh, um, uh, what's her name? A mil, yes. I love shoes and purses and all that. But once you have kids, that's all gone. You got to make sure that they have, you know, we do without. We do without. So today I just want you to just love your moms, appreciate them. Right, moms? Right? Love your moms, appreciate them. You know, don't take them for granted because one day they're not going to be here for you to say you love them. They're not going to be here to thank them. Amen? So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to have all the moms stay seated. But I want you all to rise and give our moms a standing ovation. Amen? Amen. Thank you, moms. Thank you. Thank you. You deserve this. You're special. God loves you. Amen? Come on, give the moms one more hand. All the moms, give them a hand. Praise the Lord. Now, go ahead and be.